Open the pod bay doors, please, pal. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna need a bigger potion. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Look at the coast. We get together, have a few laughs. <laughs> a movie artist with Brad Patel and Gus Trapper. Yeah, I, that's why I don't listen to other podcasts, mainly, because <laughs> I don't want to compare myself. I already do that on Instagram with my visual art, you know. Yeah, it's tough. I, it's bad enough. I don't know. I don't even know if this podcast is any good. We just do it because we like it, you know. I mean, and I think, like, honestly, that's, I appreciate podcasts that are like that more than I do. Like, I can't stand listening to stuff like This American Life and radio lab yeah. and stuff anymore the stuff that's hyper produced and yeah. it's like you know if i i'll watch tv or something i'll watch a documentary if i want something that's like you know right i'm not saying they're bad it's just like i don't know i'm sick of it what i like is people that like just get on the mic and talk and and you get it you get to you feel like you get to know them like as people as much as you are learning about whatever it is they're talking about you know yeah that's kind of been my approach here i don't know right write us people let let me know well maybe don't let me i don't know do i want to know i don't know (laughs) well i don't know gang like if you uh think we're doing a good job email us a movie odyssey.podcast at gmail.com and let us tell us we're doing a good job if you think i'm gonna pretend (laughs) in my head that what brad just said is if you think we're doing a good job don't email us yeah and so then, <laughs> then if you're case. if you don't think we're doing a good job maybe don't even <laughs> so that yeah. I, yeah i don't know no it's a, um, it's a thing we're doing a, a thing. thing my podcast made really? my mom cry like she literally like sent me a voicemail and told me to stop doing the podcast because it made her sad <laughs> what what this because one I, or no 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 the other one this one probably would too but for different reasons <laughs> um no just because like uh it just got it got pretty blue and you know it was improv and we were like pretty raw and it got gross and like sexual and stuff and you know i grew up in a super conservative Uh, christian environment so my extended family was like pretty disappointed in me but that's part of the reason i did it yeah as well just be like hey this is me like i don't give a shit right really like what you think like i mean i care about like what my mom thinks of me but i know that she does it like you know that is surface level stuff if i was like going around being a shitty son or shitty person right like you know she should be like hey stop it stop Um, being shitty but if right but if i'm like making jokes about like prolapsed anuses or something like that's my business okay (laughs) (laughs) nice well, all right. Uh, speaking anyway, of speaking prolonged of anuses, I guess, or something like, <laughs> uh, was that going to lead into? I don't know. Well, prolapsed anus. I mean, that's a pretty good description for Joaquin Phoenix's character in this. He's just kind of like a floppy sack of shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll call that our segue then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, gang. Uh, this is Brad Patello. I am joined by my good friend Adam Lucas. Gus Trout is on paternity leave i guess we can say that now like yeah yeah i don't he's mentioned it a little right so have we talked about it on the has it made an episode do the listeners don't know i don't know but gus we're not gonna spill any details or whatever you know well baby's being grown in the lab he is having a baby so we can say that right yes so this week we're going to be talking about junior the arnold schwarzenegger vehicle (laughs) uh, in honor of gus (laughs) now yes 
And so we're going to do the master today. And then I think we're going to pause the Paul Thomas Anderson marathon. And next yes. week, next week, we're going to do the Northman. So I'm excited to see that and talk about it. Shout out to Gus and Alex for having a baby. Good job there. <laughs> you did it. So, they yeah. Did it. Yay. So the, uh, the master uh, from 2012, this is uh, number six of our Paul Thomas Anderson marathon starring uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Both were nominated for Academy Award. Amy Adams is as, in there. As was Amy Adams, yes. A lot of people. Amy Adams, Laura Dern. Laura um, Dern, yeah. Briefly. Uh, low rent, um, uh, low rent um, uh, Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> I never remember his name. Uh, Plemons, Jesse Plemons. Yeah, Jesse Plemons. Yeah. <laughs> what if, what if De- Matt Damon is the, the low rent Jesse Plemons? That's a good point. He might be now that he's doing these ads for crypto.com. Have you yeah. seen this? So, yeah, like, he's doing he crypto is. ads now. Yeah, it's just like, okay, well, Matt Damon's over. Like, he Je- was already... Jesse Plemons' star was rising and Matt Damon's star was falling. So Matt I think, like, think hey, that maybe have switched. You want to get scammed out of your life savings by some <laughs> um, 12-year-old crypto bros? Go to crypto.com. Lose it all. It's me, Matt, Matt Damon. I'm waiting. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> anyway well so the master yeah, I, yeah, I'm have, your initial thoughts yeah your overall overall thought of- um this is probably my least favorite one which Same. is still good like it's still very good like right. my least favorite paul thomas anderson movie is still better it's i like, like it better than 90 percent of all other movies but right uh, it's, it's like the least valuable diamond or something right it yeah. still sparkles pretty it's still like yeah it's still a rock mm-hmm. you know the performances are great i love the two leads um who are pretty much great in anything but in this movie they kind of play off each other well like joaquin phoenix is this you know hot-headed hot-tempered uh, PTSD former was it World War II vet is he yes, is that what it was II. yeah yep meanwhile Phyllis Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is very chill and just laid back and I think they play off each other really well especially in the interrogation scene that scene is definitely one of the highlights of the film it's like kind of the yeah. beginning of act two kind of scene mm-hmm. yeah that's where he like wins him over like that he Freddie maybe he Freddie yeah maybe yeah. he does have some like some secret knowledge yeah the relationship i thought was i think that's the part that didn't click for me in terms of like there will be blood in my opinion is a masterpiece you know and this one is not uh it's still very good like the relationship wasn't quite as compelling to me as far as you know in, in there will be blood you got paul dano and daniel day lewis their their relationship was very gripping this one just wasn't as, as much so even though both actors are doing a great job and it's shot well and um i don't know yeah. if, if it's like just the subject matter didn't interest me as much i think the themes in this are less accessible yeah and less obvious whereas like 
the themes in there will be blood not that they're like simple or anything or like non-complicated topics but they are like yes they are like the archetypical like ways to drive a story yeah yeah this is a little more about nuance and um perspective changing but maintaining relationship you know what i mean there's a lot of stuff about power and loyalty yeah and family and like stuff and but in ways that are much more messy than than the ways he deals with those things in yeah um, those are themes he dress addresses a lot to yeah the family especially like which is again here like all of his movies are really about family and then the characters so this is basically scientology right like yeah i think um i know there are a lot of different threads that went into it but it feels like for sure it's definitely like cop it's 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 ripping from the early days of scientology with l ron hubbard and his boat and all that jazz yeah now i read that he uh screened it for tom cruise and tom cruise was super pissed about it and but they're still but they're still friends yeah well i mean i don't know maybe maybe what what, wouldn't it be crazy if this was paul thomas anderson's way of not so subtly trying to turn a mirror to tom cruise's face and try (laughs) and help him out uh maybe because like apparently he kind of started getting the idea for this film right after they worked together like this was this idea was in development for over 10 years it's pretty nuts they did uh magnolia together 99 and it was pretty soon thereafter that this film was conceived but i don't i you know other elements were added in and but it does kind of feel like a little bit of a call out right to tom cruise right a little maybe, bit yeah right? yeah maybe i mean um yeah, I mean, if he had a special screening for him right it's like an almost like an intervention it feels yeah like, like a it, weird kind of ham-fisted <laughs> passive aggressive intervention yeah basically i can see him doing that too yeah yeah <laughs> just to see honestly he probably did it just to see his reaction he's like yeah. i want to see what tom cruise is gonna do because he's very unpredictable well, you you read about it and he said it's that he did it out of respect. That, that's what the that's what that's Paul the, Thomas that's the official that's the official story. Oh, okay. Um, so he didn't like just see it in the wild, right? No, like it's like when you got something bad to tell your wife, it's like you better right. hear this from me rather than right. He's like, find out still, about it right. like through the grapevine. Yeah, then it's ten times worse. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably all of those things at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it's definitely about Scientology without being specifically about Scientology. Like it, that's the framework that it's built on. Yeah. A very, very close amalgamation with names and events only slightly changed. I mean, yeah. and Philip Seymour Hoffman even looks like L. Ron Hubbard a little bit too. And oh, they definitely like try and make him look as much like L. Ron Hubbard as they can in this, <laughs> you know, without going crazy with like prosthetics or anything. There's yeah, a lot Hubbard. of stuff in here that's like very, which which I appreciate not being talked down to by a movie. Right. Like there's a lot yeah. of like figured out yourself kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So 
I like that in a movie to just sort of not what that's his scripts though. His scripts do that a lot. Like Paul Thomas Anderson, like when he writes, it's, he's not talking down to his audience. It's always very, let the audience figure it out for themselves. And that I feel like makes it more naturalistic. Like the, the for sure. Because yes, because to, like I was talking about before about how if we, if people talked like they talk in like Jurassic park or whatever in real life, you would be like, yeah. uh, get this person some help. Um, <laughs> to get, <laughs> but yeah, like he, to make everything crystal clear to the audience, you have to have your characters say and do things that are not natural. Right. And so Paul Thomas Anderson, by this point, you can argue that he did a little of that movie kind of he definitely did it in um boogie nights yeah he did some of it in magnolia right and yeah. there's still a little bit of it in punch drunk love by the time he gets to there will be blood it's pretty much gone and then this one i feel like he even purposefully goes a little bit further of being like i could easily make this clear right here but i'm not going to <laughs> yeah. on, on purpose you know yeah and I like that in a movie. I yeah. like I like things that are open to interpretation and I like discovering I like movies, things. Yeah, I like movies that reward you for revisiting them too. True. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Where you can't get everything on the first pass. You right. get enough to get a give it a fair shake, but then um if you revisit it, you keep finding more things. Like I I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, another thing he does that's pretty smart is like and I guess a lot of stories do this, like the Joaquin Phoenix character is kind of discovering things as we are. So true. We, we kind of learn along with him. We follow him for about the first, the first 20 or 30 minutes or so of the film is character setup of Joaquin yeah, Phoenix. The first quarter of the film is very little dialogue. Like again, dialogue. Yeah. Again, he did that same thing and there will be blood. And I love that. It's great gets out of the armies clearly got ptsd there's some quick shots of like warshack tests where everything he sees is like a dick or a pussy <laughs> yeah. um so that's establishing a lot right there and he i love the yeah he goes to work like at sears or something as a photographer and he like beats up a guy or he gets into a fight with a guy which is a great wonder yeah yeah like yeah, yeah. that scene where he's mm -hmm. like holding the light in his, the guy's face and <laughs> and another example of like off-camera action like a, a part of the fight is like obscured by a column and then right. we you know and it's like i think a lot of directors have been like oh we gotta we gotta reblock that and retime that so that the camera's over here so we can see yeah but you know well, we get it you don't, you know. yeah you don't need to it feels more like you're actually observ observing a thing that actually is happening, right? Yeah, you yeah. You see everything. And yeah. The, the cam I think the camera goes behind a couple display racks at one point, too, during that yeah, shot. Yeah, it's like you lose. Something. It's a partially obscured. and. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and he's like, he's an alcoholic. That's another thing that's very yes. important. He's he like, makes not moonshine. just an alcoholic. He's like, he doesn't just make moonshine. He makes, like, crazy concoctions with like yeah. development chemicals and cleaning chemicals and paint thinner. whatever he can get his hands on yeah, yeah. paint thinner <laughs> and 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 that is kind of the impetus for how he ends up with what's Lan lancaster dodd is that his name 
Lancaster Dodd, quote unquote. Lancaster Dodd. Not not L. Ron Ron Hubbard. No, not some other dude. Not L. Ron Hubbard. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah, so he he, makes a batch. uh, He's like, he's working as a migrant, like farm worker. So he's working with a bunch of people that are down on their luck. And then also like immigrants, like probably from Central America and Mexico and stuff. And they, they have their little camp and he makes up a batch of his hooch. And there's a guy that's already clearly hammered. And, and he's like, here, try some of this. And then the guy's like, maybe dying. Like, you don't know. Yeah. He just runs away. Yeah. We don't see <laughs> the guy might've died. Yeah. I noticed a recurring motif. The word, the word poison is used a lot. Uh, yeah. First, first to refer to his drink that he makes, it's it's um, referenced as poison several times in the script, and then later as like poisoning the minds of these sort of cult members, I guess, or yeah. followers. And also like potion, it's also referenced as potion, which is yes. like how the like believers view Lancaster Dodd's teaching is they're like a magic elixir, right? right? So it's like this what's poison to one is is a potion to another what hurts to one heals another like that's another uh, remarkable theme. potion was what i wrote yeah. down this philip seymour hoffman calls it that yeah no he like, <laughs> like he finds his flask and tries it and then drinks all of it because he's yeah. like super into this whatever it, it is it's this paint thinner and and orange juice is super good like right and he's like or, what's in this and and freddie says secrets yeah. Out of the side of his mouth. He always talks out of one side of his mouth. Yeah, that's Secret. a Joaquin. That's like uh Tom Cruise with his head tilt thing. Like that's what <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix's yeah thing that he does. I feel like I've seen Joaquin Phoenix play this t- same type of character a lot. Do you so, yeah, like yep. the Joker kind of and some like, in the in the same vein, yeah. Sisters Brothers. Other- was yeah, another one where yeah. he kind of had the similar his character had a similar like rage issue i guess right now he, he often plays like barely contained feral people that have like uh, they have some kind of skill maybe not intelligence yeah. but they have some sort of <laughs> you know like knowledge or skill set but yeah everything else about them is chaos <laughs> like Sort of savantish almost yeah yeah and that's yeah. that's why Every... like lancaster dot i think like likes him right because he is like the perfect example of like a feral adult man almost you know so that was something i wasn't quite clear about with the relationship was like uh lancaster dodd's motivation now does he takes him under his wing because like he sees something in him he sees the opportunity to mold him like a raw piece like a real rough piece of clay is it that or what what do you read into that my my take after this is probably like the fourth time third or fourth time i've seen it it's this is his, this is his hardest lot film to watch i think true yeah you know it's not exactly entertaining it's compelling right. but it's yeah. not entertaining um but after seeing it i i think i've come to the conclusion or at least my idea is that philip seymour hoffman it's it's like a few things first he sees he's jealous of freddie quill because he has all these same impulses and desires he has the rage we see him 
uh, the oh. guy that brings up the word cult, he like he screams, "You pig fuck!" You yeah, know, like at this fuck. fancy party, and it's it fucks over his whole life. He, he know, loses. He it. can't contain. Yeah. loses it on Laura Dern at one point too. Like, right, same deal. Yeah. Like he he has a sea of rage. Yeah, underneath the surface that he is constantly, you know, tr- trying to be the master of. He's um, a master. Yeah. <laughs> But he also is like a super horny dude who likes to get hammered too, but he is like it more in control than Freddie. So he's jealous of Freddie's like freedom. Okay. That Freddie is free, right? So he, he sees himself in Freddie. Hmm. And then also I think he sees an opportunity to be like, well, if I have those same impulses and I can hold them in or, you know, or shape them or, or only indulge in them whenever it's, you know, okay. And I can get, I can make Freddie into like a mirror of me. Then now he'll be like a, like a trophy I can bring out and show people and see like, see my system works type of thing. So I think he is using him, but then I also think he sees, well, if I give him a stable life and a, some semblance of family, he'll be more loyal to me than even my own son, which you yeah, see like when the cops come, he's like, my dad, he's right inside. He's just in there. Just go get him. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he is very Whereas loyal. Freddie is ready yeah. to like kill every single one of those cops. Yeah. With his bare hands. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. So like, that's the kind of the three kind of things that I think yeah. kind of all woven together and not all at the same time, at different parts yeah. of the movie, he's kind of leaning into one or the other. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so I've only seen this twice and, first time i saw it i uh i didn't really pay much attention and i get i i don't think at the time i realized it was a pta film either i think mm-hmm. i just randomly had it on while i was doing something yeah else, it was like but, a uh, thing that people were talking about it got some oscar noms and yeah deservedly no, i think those those performances are amazing you know yes very good but this is not a film you can just casually observe like you have to focus on it and even then i don't think i really got everything that was going on until like the third watch yeah there's a lot of subtext yeah which again i appreciate um i yeah i think it's just i didn't enjoy the viewing as much as his other stuff like the especially (laughs) there will be blood is so riveting and right and this is more of like an under the radar kind of story i guess like the relationship is it's also more uncomfortable. True. <laughs> too. It's kind of the whole film's kind of squirmy. Like the whole film kind of makes you, I don't know, it makes me feel like uneasy. There's several cringe moments for sure. Like, yeah. Just any of the any of the outbursts from especially from Philip Seymour Hoffman, like the right. The one guy accusing him of being a cult leader and and just all the the fights that <laughs> uh joaquin phoenix gets into like he's constantly physically assaulting people yeah. he's just so much rage so much rage and he's got like a thing for i guess fucking sand you see several well, times in the movie he like makes a sand woman i guess and yeah well it's like there's somebody else i think made it in the when you when we first see it because it's like a bunch of soldiers yeah they've got like a day you know a day off and they're on the beach and they're just like getting hammered and playing football and wrestling and then somebody makes it like a naked lady and he comes up and like 
mimes pantomimes having sex with the sand lady but then like keeps going and everybody around is like what and then he starts like fingering her yeah and everybody is like <laughs> holy shit dude and then he's like kind of looks around and realizes everybody's creeped out so then he goes 50 yards away and jerks off into the ocean yeah oh <laughs> and then yeah there was that scene too where like everybody's naked suddenly that was his imagination right i i i think i think so too but i think like the first time i saw it i was like wait shit what is this oh is he yeah. having like a cult orgy but but no i think you're you're freddie quill you're seeing what freddie quill thinks when he gets bored it's like all the time just thinking about people naked and sex yep if he's if he's not if he's not completely consumed with a task he's just imagining every woman naked yeah, that scene, I'm like, it's just because they keep. Well, and, and it's and it's more and more of them, right? It's like they, yeah. every time they cut back, there's like, oh, now she's naked, now she's naked, like now this group, and then then at the end, it's like all the women are naked, and they're just holding on it, like, yeah, it, that Again, was unsettling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the scene at the very end, like the last, I think the last thing you see, where he's like having sex with a woman and doing kind of trying to do the what do you call it processing the little yeah, interview yeah, yeah, thing yeah. the um, right informal processing informal is what it's processing. called yeah. yeah so he's kind of trying to do that to her well then there's formal processing that's whenever it's you're recording it yeah or whatever but that's yes true. yeah he's like using he learned that doing this shit makes people feel good and then you get like some sort of power over them so he learned that from lancaster dodd so he's like you know yeah trying like, to yeah he, he's, but he's he not he's kind of not with them anymore at that point right because they went yeah they went their separate ways so there's a whole you know all of act two is basically he's in this cult which is basically scientology but not <laughs> and a bunch of stuff happens but then he just takes off on a motorcycle like they yeah they're like at the bonneville salt flats or something for some reason and you know lancaster does like let's play a game ride as fast as you can i was like this is the dumbest fucking game i've ever I, heard of i wrote <laughs> down what is this scene like i was so right. confused by it that it just scene. comes out of nowhere and what what do they do like he he just rides off and then rides back and everybody claps Right. And then Joaquin Phoenix is like, oh, I'll do it. And then he just rides off and and that's it. Yeah. They don't they don't see him again for like a, a couple of years, right? Like because there's a time yeah. jump. I, I was yeah. really confused by that scene too. I was like, uh what yeah, there's what? the couple, there's a couple jumps in here, but they all work except for like that one, you know? Yeah. Like I don't think it's like it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it is a little bit like. Wait, were they even at a place where there was a desert like that? Like, I don't even know. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, the, the landscape uh, came out of nowhere. It didn't look like anything right. else in the movie. And I remember yeah. thinking, did I did I like nod off and like, miss a scene? Right, or bump or, the chapter forward button or something? Yeah, what did I miss here? And then after the scene, it's like, oh, that he's kind of moved on now. And I'm, it took me a while to realize... Yeah, he, he goes was to try and find jump. that girl that he was into, right? Right. She's like married with kids now because yeah. it's been like five years or something. Yep. She was um, six. Yeah. She was sixteen when they were dating. Right. Yes. And, and, and he's he like, like twenty something. 
Okay. 22, but, I think. Or 25. Well, I think he might have been 25. He says his age. I can't remember. Well, he looks older, though. Like Joaquin right. Phoenix. Like He looks older than he says. Yeah. His age. So maybe that was a lie. Maybe he's like 32 or, so, you know. Uh, 1950, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different time. Yeah. People grew up fast, I guess. But well, uh, they didn't have much of a choice. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, true. People grow up kind of slower now, which I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm not. I'm not. Well, I feel like people myself, live but... longer, so it only makes you know what I mean. Like it only makes true. sense for like when people only lived like 40 years. You look. You look at people like pictures of from the 20s and 30s of people who are like 30, and they look like they're 50. Oh yeah, easily. Like, right. Yeah. Like people just aged, I guess. Yeah, everyone was malnourished and like, you know. Yeah. You know. So yeah, he uh well, by the time he tries, so he tries to reconnect with her. And that's another moment where you think I'm like, oh man, he's gonna flip out on her mom, but he doesn't, thankfully. And I wonder if that was you were supposed to think that like, Oh, he's like kind of maybe turned a corner with, he's gotten his rage under control now, or. Well, I um, think it's, I think it's because he says earlier that like when he was with her, like everything was calm and he was, he felt at peace. Okay. And so there's still an extension of that. Even just, even just her learning that, you know, she's, as long as she's happy and stuff, there's something about that that makes him, makes him happy even though yeah he's that's upset. where he kind of like leaves i think he too. really did like care about that girl but he didn't know how to he didn't have the emo emotional vocabulary or, or intelligence to handle it so then he's like i gotta i gotta go yeah and then he just like leaves we see that earlier that that's yeah, yeah. That, that's when he's going off to war right is it when he's going off to war is that what is that where he had to go I think it was when, after war. See the timeline. He, I think he just took was, a job. That was in a flashback. So right. I think it was after because I don't think he met her until after he came back. Oh, okay. From the war. All right. I think that's when he started dating her. Oh. And then he gets scared by like how much he cares about her. Uh-huh. Right. And he doesn't know how to handle it. So he goes and takes a job as a merchant seaman on some other boat. Like as an escape because yeah. he's like well i'm gonna be out at sea for five months so like yeah i don't have to deal with it you know yeah that makes sense that's again just not holding your hand we're we're left to speculate what right. the character's motivations were whenever they do something that seems like why did they do that you know and right which is another again i appreciate that but it also does make it harder to connect when you can't understand fully the character's motivations Right. It's hard. It feels harder for me to connect to them, but um, no, for sure. I it's, it's a balancing act. And I think with this movie, PTA was kind of like, if you don't get it, you don't get it. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? This I'm is his, even... uh, his favorite of his, this is his really? favorite PTA film. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I think a lot of people, for a lot of people, this is their favorite one. I, I hear that a lot. Really? Well, I, I read it on the internet anyway. I didn't, nobody actually I think people said are it just me. saying that because he said it. Yeah. I've never met a single person who I, you know, <laughs> like I've or never they're, they're met a single person who said that. They're trying to, uh, 
they think it's his most artsy film so they're like trying to be all sophisticated yeah. like the yeah, master Jordan, is don't my take this favorite the wrong one. way yeah <laughs> this might be jordan's favorite paul thomas anderson film oh i, I guess see that i guess we'll, we'll find have to ask out. him yeah if he's, <laughs> if he's on next week yeah <laughs> and um, he won't he won't have listened to this episode either because it won't no, be out won't. by that time <laughs> okay that's good no but uh i mean honestly you can't go wrong with a paul thomas anderson film if you want to say the master is your favorite pta film okay i don't get it like i i, I could see why I just I don't understand the person and their motivations and their priorities that would say that. But I can see I can <laughs> I can believe that they exist. People, uh, people, you know, different folks for different strokes. You know, people are. No, yeah. Everything's subjective. Art is art, especially. And, you know, I mean, he likes this film a lot. I he's got a new the other thing. He's got a new cinematographer here. Mm-hmm. so i i didn't find the cinematography as striking there is a lot of really nice um scenes with shadows like the yeah. uh the interrogation scene or the uh, processing scene yeah which is probably my favorite scene in the film for sure no it's really really good really just good the way it's lit yeah and uh there is a lot of warmth uh sort of warm and cool balance used like um you know, when uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's world, I guess, is very usually very warm. Mm-hmm. But whenever Joaquin Phoenix isn't in that world, it's kind of got a cooler vibe, which is nice. And there's a lot of sort of water theme as well. Like, yeah, um, a lot of pillow shots of water. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the color blue you see a lot, mm-hmm. too. So like, yeah, it makes sense visually that they would do that. Um, I just, uh, I, I like this film that for me is very good. I don't think it's great. I think uh, There Will Be Blood is great. Uh, I think most of his films are great films. This film is very good. So <laughs> it's still better than a lot of films, you know, like, mm-hmm. um but uh it's it's not my favorite one of his and i'm not judging like if it's your favorite pta film that's great you know um <laughs> we we <laughs> welcome your listenership to the podcast if <laughs> we're not judging you we're not here to we're not here to pass judgment we're just uh we're just just some guys talking about films man yeah man no i i agree i think i think this is i I think this movie is doing exactly what it wants to do and what it's doing is much less. uh, The only way I can think to describe it is like manipulative than traditional films. Yeah. Like it's not even there will be blood doesn't hold your hand. You know, like you said, like there's a lot of stuff you got to infer and piece together and kind of figure out, but structurally and everything, it is much more like leading you down a garden path to a yeah. climax right whereas this film is much more about how everything is kind of relative and subjective and what is truth and yeah what is good what is evil <laughs> what is real what is fake like um yeah and and the characters all struggle with that like you know the whole power dynamic thing you see all sorts of weird ways he explores that like the scene that stands out to me is when amy adams comes in and he's like uh Lancaster's like shaving or whatever 
And she comes in and just starts jerking him off and making him promise that he's not going to drink his booze anymore. And he's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so she's, that's her power. Yeah. She can get him to do like, it just keeps showing different ways that people get what they want out of other people. That was another scene that made me feel very uncomfortable. Right. Exactly. There's so many scenes and it's just like, wow, we shouldn't be watching this. Like, yeah. this is like, and they you know linger I mean? another again, they linger on it too. Like you it's get, just unflinching. You get his whole reaction. And yeah, uh -huh. that, yeah. <laughs> that is like a power thing too. Like oh yeah, for sure. And then the whole thing where they make him touch the wall and then walk across the room and touch the window. Yeah, and say what he feels and what he describes. And then they then now they like was, go have dinner and he's still like doing it. Yeah, That's what like, in Philadelphia after day, like he, days later too. Like there's it seems like, like he's a been montage. Doing it, yeah, for like you don't know how long. So that's like a brainwashing thing, right? Um, yeah, like that's yeah. like a torture technique. Yeah. Like that's a way you get people to like turn into whatever you want. Yeah. Um, did you notice that during that scene near the beginning of that scene, he like punches a panel out of the wall because it's probably like a set. Yeah. And he like punches a panel out of the wall. Yes. <laughs> but like they don't show it's not in any of the other scenes. Like it was like an accident. Oh, but they didn't like redo it because he, it's not there. There's no hole in the wall for the rest of the scene. Oh, I didn't even think kind of like a wide shot. And he punches one of the little panels in the like, you know, wooden panel wall out. And I guess uh, punched out for the rest. Oh, of it. yeah. I, I remember seeing him punch a hole in the wall. I didn't think to look for it again after that, but. Yeah, it's just I it must have just been an accident because you know this like sets are made out of like balsa wood and yeah. I guess this know. the scene where he broke the toilet was not intended either. Like that was like he really broke a real toilet. He yeah, he was like, Hey, Adam Sandler, like suck my dick, watch watch a master <laughs> break a toilet. Yeah. That's um <laughs> And, and what about when he's running away from the where he might have killed a guy with his hooch? And he's running in the field and he's going. Hey, 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 hey. I was like, oh shit! Didn't fall. Is he just like, doing Adam Sandler he, here? Is he right? Like, like, like did, is this like an inside joke? Uh, I I have to give Joaquin Phoenix the point on his toilet mashing scene. Oh better God, than that was, Punch in the Glove. Yeah, but. I have to give Adam Sandler the uh, unconscious running vocalization point. I think he did a better. Well, plus the plus the dive at the end, I think. True. They don't have that you satisfying. Can't, you can't yeah. get past that. <laughs> very graceful for Adam Sandler dive. Very, that he does. very it's graceful. A, very graceful. I wonder if like he did so, a tuck and roll or if it was maybe it was more of like a foam pit situation. So we didn't have to worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> It's almost like he's it's almost animated. Like the, the arc there is just no, beautiful. and I think his tie like, even is like kind of like perfectly flying like behind his neck, you know, like just yeah. like you would want it to. Like single um, frame through that and study yeah. study the movement. So, so anyway. The the master uh in summary, it's it's a really good movie with definitely worth watching for the performances. I think I'm probably gonna have to watch it again at some point, but not anytime soon. Yeah, it's <laughs> gotta I'm give just, it some time. Yeah. I was honestly slightly, I wasn't like dreading it, but I wasn't like excited to revisit this one. Yeah. Upon doing it, I'm glad I did because I it feels more cohesive and gelled in my mind. And I feel like I understood it better than I ever yeah. have. And I think it I could probably keep doing that for another three or four viewings before it got to where I was like, 
there's nothing more to i have absorbed about. everything from this movie <laughs> but you know what i mean like yeah. there's just so much it's and it's not even like i'm i'm figuring things out i'm just making my mind up about what i yeah think. well it's it's open to interpretation right there's Which a lot kind of, of like good the things point of the film yeah and you know deciding for yourself and mm-hmm. so it, it's it's it is a tough watch i uh it's it's very 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 well acted there's great moments uh the the the, the chemistry between uh joaquin phoenix and philip seymour hoffman is great it's it was difficult for me to understand the relationships and the motivations of the characters which made me disconnect to it a bit which i expect yeah. is going to be kind of a typical experience for people because there's a lot no. that's unsaid and yep um well and you can't even understand what they said like the famous line about like cools yeah i can't tell what the hell they're saying like that's one of the big things of this movie people are like oh i love that scene where he's like i like cools minty flavor it's like such a throwaway dumb line but people really love it for some reason i can't tell that's what he's saying like no i would not know that's what he said without the without the subtitles i do that did get a laugh out of me i'll say that that scene i had the subtitles on yeah yeah Yeah. i think gus sent us some outtakes from that yeah there's like a whole outtakes thing which are quite funny are they have to check it out it's philip seymour hoffman cracking up a lot basically it's and breaking like, character you really want me like, to say this Paul? Yeah. pta really this is really how you want to end the scene well that's a setup and payoff too because like yep. he he brings cools to him at the like as a peace offering yeah yep they kind of had come to an understanding at the end of the movie and they do go their separate ways which feels like how it should be you know joaquin phoenix has an arc where he kind of is really engrossed in this cult and then for reasons never, that I don't really understand, he just leaves on a motorcycle in a I feel scene like he's that just I don't never understand. really gonna buy in. He's too, he's too, he's too much his own man. Like he just that's he true. Want, he wants to whatever be better and do better and like feel better about the world and himself. But when it comes down to it, he's just gotta he's just gonna be who he's gonna be. Like there is that I, line that kind of sums up that Philip Seymour Hoffman says it's like. Well, if you can figure out how to live without a master, let us know because you'd be the first person ever or something like that. Right. And yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I think that Lancaster Dodd, when he meets Freddie and sees Freddie, he's like, this might be the guy who who really just is just doing his own thing. Like he doesn't do anything he doesn't want to do. He, he's like, the master. Joaquin right. Phoenix is the master. Not. I honestly think in this <laughs> film he is the master. Like, do you know what I mean? Master of his own. Yeah, like he his comes, own he, life, he, and yeah, he tr- he tries all this stuff and goes through all the different cycles and everything, and then at the end he comes to the conclusion is like, I'm just I, I, I you know I learned stuff that I'm going to incorporate into my life moving forward, but I'm just going to do me. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like a nature versus nurture kind of rumination in a weird way in an adult, you know, not with kids, but like, yeah, you know, sometimes. And I think that everybody learns this as they get older. It's like, you can only expect people to change so much. Like true. Generally people aren't going to change. Like you have to assume they're probably not going to, and any progress that they make is like relatively impressive. Should be celebrated. Right. You know, yeah. Because not it is. Instead, 
yeah it's hard and the older you get the harder it gets i'll tell you true um yeah you know if you're just kind of like a little too sarcastic and it's like hurting your relationships with your kids or something you know what i mean it's like it'd be really hard even if you know i feel called out by that <laughs> i know <laughs> i think my subconscious put that together specifically <laughs> for you i wasn't trying to but that's, but that was, that was I mean. a call out like this movie something, was a call out to tom cruise <laughs> yeah but you know something that like you can obviously see and you know you should do differently but it's like practically impossible to just, yeah can't, it's not flicking a switch it's like you, a process over no you time. you have to like think about it like yeah it's not you you don't just speak off the cuff or behave off the cuff right it's like you have to really process it and you have to it's like a practice you have to you know it's yeah like practiced learned behavior that... which is a good thing i mean change is good but it's also hard yeah I'm well old. you know what would be a good way to escape reality what you watching now huh what what we watch yeah well why don't what you did, go first what did i watch well um I started on a bunch of stuff that we've already talked about and sure. I watched Summer of Soul. Did you finish that by the way? I never finished it. It's good. I need to like I, watch it again from the beginning. Yeah, it's super good. We did we yeah. were into that. I started on This Flag Means Death or Our Flag. Yeah. Our Our Flag, flag Means Death. Our Flag Means Death. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very funny. Um and I like it. Um good. Yes, me too. <laughs> There's really not a lot to say about that show. I've only seen two episodes. Yeah. yeah, so I don't want to repeat. Um, but it is a funny show about pirates. It is that I would recommend. Yeah, I'm still plugging away at Two Detective season one. Yeah. So I, I did watch randomly a couple episodes of the Harley Quinn show, which I didn't expect to like, but it's actually a, she has a show. Yeah, it's animated. It's like oh, is it um, on HBO Max? Yeah, okay. Bruce Bruce Tim is the des- the main designer, so it looks just like the old Batman cartoon from the nineties. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the tone of it is totally different. They leave they lean almost entirely into comedy now. It's like yeah, almost to the point of like making fun of the concept of these characters. Like okay, <laughs> it's almost just a farce. Like so. In the first episode, Harley Quinn and Joker break up. Like Joker treats her like shit, yeah. and um, and then there's a lot of weird drama between them. Like after they break up, Harley moves in with Poison Ivy, and Poison Ivy has like a uh, a plant sidekick who's basically Audrey Two. Okay, uh, it, it's like a big, <laughs> like a big uh, muppety like a, looking. Uh, yeah, like a venus flytrap yeah. type thing or something <laughs> and it even to the point where it has like a black coated voice like you remember how audrey yeah, too had yeah. like one of the temptations was like the voice yeah. so and there's there's little funny little bits like joker on the phone with his contractor going what do you mean i can't i need a permit for a trap door the whole point is <laughs> nobody knows it's there and <laughs> they go to uh in one episode harley and ivy crash the penguins nephews bar mitzvah oh god and like she's she's like oh they're having a party i want to she's trying to like join the legion of doom mm-hmm. and they're all like kind of don't want to let her in because she's like joker's ex and there's weird drama there <laughs> yeah, yeah 
she comes in with like that she struts there's all these shots of her making her entrance she's got a tiger and she's got like this she's glammed <laughs> up and then it just cuts and it's like just families eating cake <laughs> it's like, <laughs> bar mitzvah. and then there's like a bar mitzvah. yeah and then there's like a legion of doom table in the back like with scarecrow and bane and they're like oh hi <laughs> did you know this was a kid's party <laughs> and it's animated I, really well so it sounds interesting i might have to check it out it's, i like that concept it's funny it's like yeah. it's like straight up comedy like it's yeah. batman's barely in it it's just like weird relationship drama between at least i've only seen like a couple episodes but mm-hmm. it's like weird relationship drama between the joker and harley so <laughs> and well animated uh bruce tim designed it so it's good i liked That's it cool yeah i have to check it out what what you watch now huh um oh, i watched the master uh, yes <laughs> yeah so did i i watched that oh too. cool what a coinky thing <laughs> um i started the i think it's called the Invisible Pilot or something like that. It's a it's a documentary series on HBO Max. The Invisible Pilot. I believe that's what it's called. Let me double check. The Is Invisible it good? Pilot. Um, not really. But oh, okay. <laughs> the story is so crazy. Yeah, it is. It's called The Invisible Pilot. It's not like it's bad. It's kind of odd because it's a mishmash of this one dude started making he was just friends with a guy who was like the son of this pilot who just like disappeared. He was like kind of like a local legend. And like, I think they were in Arkansas and he was just like a crazy pilot. He would do crazy. He would fly under bridges, you know, like over creeks. So there's just like the Whoa. bridge is only 10 foot off the water and he would fly underneath there and just holy just shit. For fun. Yeah. He's just like a psycho loved to fly and was like an adrenaline addict and was kind of like a ladies man and stuff. And, um, he like had a family and then like left that family for another woman. And then they moved to Alaska and they discovered um, weed. And so, and that's when he got like very like kind of a libertarian bent and just being like, well, if I want to smoke weed, I should be able to smoke weed. And um, I agree and with that he, though. Like, no, I, I don't <laughs> disagree either. Um, but then he started taking that, you know, further and further. And then eventually he started like running drugs and stuff. Um, ah, okay. but at a certain point, like he's driving with his family and they stop on this bridge. They end up back in Arkansas. He stops on a bridge and he just jumps off the bridge to commit suicide. And oh, then, um, that's really random, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> just like, like they're the... on the way to get like ice cream or something. <laughs> oh man. I haven't finished it all yet, but I don't want to, you know, spoil anything, but, um, it's just real wacky. And there's like, kind of like animated scenes. They're more like, you know, fancy animatics. Yeah, like partially mo- animated stuff, motion, motion graphics, graphics type yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, and, but it's weird because, you know, you you interview the guy who, who kind of started the whole project. They interview him. He was the fil- the documentary filmmaker initially, but he's not a filmmaker. He's just a dude who had a video camera. Right. So he started. Yeah. So they have these interviews and they interview the people like it's like here's them in 19, like 80, whatever, and 1990 and 2010 and like today. So it's interesting to see how they're like stories change. And as more facts come out, like I haven't made my mind up about it. It's not the most compelling thing ever, but it is like a crazy story. And the characters yeah. are interesting and they have some very, you know, like they're not unique, but they have some very 
compelling points of view, you know, the way they frame stuff and why they did some of the things they did. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't do that, but you know, when you put it that way, okay. Like, I guess it's not that crazy. Um, so is it put together? Well, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, there's like a lot of those things. There's way too much repetition. You know how they'll yeah. do like, remember when and they'll reiterate a whole thing that you've already heard. Like, Oh, oh yeah. Series. Oh, these documentary series do that. Like I hate over that. and over again. Yeah, it's just assume we're binging stuff. Like, don't right. Yeah, you don't, we don't have need to... recaps. We don't need a refresher. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um. All right. Anything else that you watch? Yes. The other thing that I am watching, I got to get the title correct because it's long. Winning time: colon the rise of the Lakers dynasty. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if you like sports movies at all. Like, I kind of do. If they're yeah. done well, like, um, so, you know, I've been seeing that come up on my suggested. Yeah. So whatever. this is like, I don't know if it's a limited series, but like the cast is like crazy. So this um, is like some actor playing Magic Johnson. And yeah, is that, that guy, what it is? I think he's relatively. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, you got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in there, but you got Adrian Brody is in it. John C. Riley is like one of the main characters. Hmm. Um the, there's a another guy, Jerry West. He plays a, a coach named Jerry West. I can't remember the actor's name, but you would recognize him. There's a lot of great casting. Um, oh, um, huh, Smokey, Sally Fields is in it. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, like the cast is pretty crazy. Nice. Um, and it's really funny. And it, it does this weird stuff production wise where it will cut, it will look in all in one scene. It will look like normal, like 35 mil shot, you know. Then it will look like eight mil with the little like um, sprocket, like the film sprocket holes. Okay. You know, kind yeah. of peeking into frame on the side. Yeah. And then it'll look like 80s, like Betamax, huh. you know, video where it's kind of like you got that three color blur effect going on and some right. scan lines and stuff all in the same scene. Like, so they're what it, going through like different time periods or? No, it's just, it, they're just doing it as like a texture to like make it feel. I don't know. It, oh, I, you would think that it'd be bad and it wouldn't work and it'd be distracting, but it's like it kind of is fine. Like you like, just kind of get used to it. Like an Oliver Stone kind of thing. Kind he, of, he yeah. He do that a lot too in his early work. In some stuff, yeah. He he would kind of bounce around, and there's no real rhyme or reason for it. It's just to like give put a texture to it and kind of make it look dated, remind oh, you that okay. it's old. Interesting. Um, yeah it doesn't hearing it described it, i wouldn't think it would work but uh, no no yeah. it, it, when they first started doing it i was like oh god they're gonna do this the whole time <laughs> but honestly like you kind of it don't really notice it anymore but i think it does lend to the kind of it has a pretty frenetic pace huh. okay. so you know that it kind of works in conjunction with that obviously when there's a more serious scene or something where people are having like a calm rational conversation it's not like cutting back and forth and handheld and da da da. they like only use that when it makes sense but um mm, okay but it's it's funny there's a lot of characters talking directly to the camera okay um and explaining their motivations and whatnot so like the opposite of the master uh, uh, that's um, not making me want to see that's like, no, no normally no. i don't like that but that's no i i don't i normally don't like it either but this is just uh, they're just doing they're kind of throwing the kitchen sink at it and in a way because of that it makes everything kind of work a little bit better 
I think we were talking about this with a different film where it's like Rachel and I don't really have like a decorating style. We just buy anything or everything that we like. And then when you put it all together, it kind of becomes its own thing. Right, right. Yeah, you know that, make, that some, makes sense. Yeah, so if you do enough and you know where, just to, don't don't cross this line, but you get close to it, that that's good. But if you only did one or two of these things, it would be mm. bad. Like yeah. it, I don't know, it really works for me. I, I I like the story and the characters, and it's all basically a true story, so that's interesting okay. too. Um, you know, and it's pretty melodramatic at times and goofy, but it's I don't know. I just like it's a fun ride. I love John C. Riley. Yeah. He's great in it. Adrian Brody's yeah. really good in it. Um, oh yeah. fucking uh, what's his name? Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh Jason um Siegel. He's Siegel, yeah. Yeah, Jason Siegel's in it. Um, okay. Just like a really, really good cast. And a bunch of the other character actors you'll recognize as well. Uh, so it's a, it's a series, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's kind of um, like there's they're getting like A-list actors to be in these things now. Oh like, yeah, I mean they, this thing cost, must have cost a lot of money cuz there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of sets, that, you know, cuz they're going to like Boston Garden and they're it's probably not Boston Garden, so what the shit they like built a whole basketball parquet floor and you know like yeah. They spent a lot of money on the show. It's very yeah. obvious. Um All right. That sounds good. Yeah, we'll check but, it out. All right. Uh, uh, thanks for listening. My name is Brad Patello. Find me on Instagram at Brad Patello. Adam is Renaissance Grunt. Gus is still Mr. Trouth, but I don't know. He's he's not. Go here, check so. out his. Yeah, go check out his Instagram for um, cute little baby pics, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. And he still has a comic, too. So uh, email us a moviodyssey.podcast at gmail.com. Tell us we're doing good. We need and don't tell us if you yeah. think we're not. Okay. We don't need that. We don't need yeah, that negativity. We, we're just doing this because we like to do it. Um, I'm not making any money. I just, I love talking about movies and uh, I love watching movies. So, and I is, like talking to you, yeah. Brad. Oh, those like things you said and you. also talking to you. Yes. That, that was implied when I said it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm not as good at Paul, as Paul Thomas Anderson at letting things lie. Yeah. <laughs> Letting the subtext tell the story. <laughs>